Ice tea. Go a cappella. Now I'm on the West Coast, relaxing and chill, living on the mead streets of Beverly Hill. I have I love it. you way better than a lot of rappers that are making yes. records right now. She is Olivia Munn. Drop my name as much as you can. By the way, say. I am a first class name dropper. The great legendary John Madden, and then on the phone, Steve Marriott. She's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the thing. You watch a guy. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're playing this. Mooch, how did you sniff that out so quickly? I I don't download many podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. It's another edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, everybody. We already have one in the books, LaDainian Tomlinson and Gabe Feldman. Two guys that, uh, it's not exactly uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, right? Peanut butter and chocolate, you don't think are going to go together, but they do. But they do. So I guess it is a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, Chris Brockman. You know what was funny? You said, and I felt the same way. It felt like, didn't it feel like LT was on like a, like a month ago? He was. It was March when he was here. Really? Well, that's all, we're all, we're, we've been churning out. I know, the, that's uh, what I mean. Like, I, I had to go back and look, and March. he was on in March. He was on in March when he was wondering about whether or not to have right. um, uh, another year, or would he go back, et cetera, et cetera, and now he's made his decision. We had a podcast chat with him earlier in the week, and with Gabe Feldman, the uh, sports law professor from Tulane, he gave the soup to nuts, up, down, left, right, he did. of the entirety of the bounty case, uh, and its legal ramifications, and... Um, and uh, the Breeze situation as well moving forward on that. So we ask you to please download that. Uh, but also, at the same time, give a full ear to this one. Robert Griffin III, everybody. RG3. Nice. Phoning in. Phoning in. Um, we'll get the latest from him. Got to ask him, obviously, about how he's progressing, what's going on with his contract, what is going on with that offense, and what in the world did happen with Kim Kardashian on the set of 30 I mean, Rock. Let's, let's be honest, Rich. That's what we all really want to know. Jack Burdett, the uh, producer. Uh, and writer of 30 Rock came on this podcast. Uh, was that back in March? Because it did feel like that was just a month ago. Uh, that, was back, that was just a month ago. He came on just a month Jack ago. Jack Burdick was more recently than, okay. than Thompson. Yeah, yes. so he came on a month ago, and I asked him, you know, what was RG3 doing on the set of 30 Rock, right. a live season finale episode of 30 Rock that was taped for the West Coast Live. Because that seems kind of random just for him to be there. Well, there wasn't. He was just down the street. He got drafted. Right. And then just moseyed. And moseyed down. He got drafted second overall by the Redskins in Radio City Music Hall, which is part of 30 Rockefeller Center. Mm -hmm. And he then went to the taping just up the street, probably walked up 51st Street and walked into the taping for the West Coast viewers the live edition of 30 rock the season finale and jack Burdett, who was there said kim kardashian who was on that show asked jack who's that pointing kim, to kim RG3. Sitting, sitting next to jack right saying who's that right and jack sort of joked like well you stay away from <laughs> right. him he's a nice young he's man, a nice young man. <laughs> stay right? away right well, actually uh let's let's play a little bit of of that from jack Burdett's uh previous appearance kim kardashian was also in the uh the live. She was actually on the 1130 live show. She did a bit at the beginning of the show and a bit at the end of the show. Mm -hmm. And between her two bits, she sat next to me uh, while we were watching the show on the monitor and RG3's few seats down. 
and during a commercial break, she starts asking me questions about him. <laughs> like, now he's a football player, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he just, something big happened, right? I'm like, well, yeah, he just was the number two overall pick tonight. And yeah. It's, and what team is Washington? She's like, what's Washington? Redskins. She goes, I don't know much about football, but so what's his deal? <laughs> I'm thinking, you stay away from him. <laughs> this is a nice young man. <laughs> so uh, Jack says this. Right. And Chris Law, who is, again, um, uh, not with us this week, and he's uh, off next week as well. He is. Um, let me give a shout-out to Chris. And uh, at any rate, he um, he sent it out, I guess, to our partners. He did. And that got picked up. That made a lot, <laughs> a lot, made of, a lot of Well, it made headlines. Jack's life a little bit difficult, too. And, I thought know, it was funny I mean, that he Jack— He heard about it because right. Jack was just sort of joking. Well, he, he was said just kind of telling a story. Well, this the is bottom line is, we know with Kim Kardashian right. that 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 she spent time with Reggie Bush. He wanted to, he didn't win a Super Bowl, so they, they're sort of like a joke that Re- Kim helps you win a title, well, Card- and now uh, the well, Kardashian Chloe bump, help, right, right, yeah. and then there's now the Kardashian sort of jinx, and she kind of has her eye out for athletes, right? But she's with Kanye now. She is. Clearly. I mean, you see her on TMZ. She's Every, with Kanye. Everywhere. But anyway, all this stuff made it seem like she might have had an eye for right. RG3. We had fun with it. Right. Now that that's died down, we're going to stir it up again. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, man. It's July. We still have a couple weeks before training camp, Rich. Why not? Right? So, um, so we'll talk with RG3 and then have some serious fun. With a big time Patriot fan, finally, big time Patriot. What do you mean, finally? Finally, dude, we've had Wahlberg on this show, Matt Damon on this. Some of like the biggest celebrities yeah, not, that we've been fortunate not, to get. But not love here. talking about the Patriots. Not here, right. here. Well, at any rate, uh, he is a longtime writer of the Family Guy, and is one of the writers of the hit movie Ted, outrageously which smashed, smashed the Hangovers record for. Uh, Most uh, money made by an R-rated right. comedy in its first weekend. I don't know, we never thought we'd ever see an R-rated comedy break the Hangovers record. Ooh. But Ted did just that. Very funny movie. And it is smashing all sorts of box office records. The uh, Mark Wahlberg, Patriot fan. Mila Kunis. Uh, fr- uh, Seth, Mac- Mac- Seth MacFarlane comedy. Alex Sulkin is one of the writers. He's also very popular on Twitter, at the Sulk. I mean, he is the king of the one-liner. He is. He's got oh, over four hundred thousand followers on Twitter. Very yeah. at the sulk s u l k. If you follow him, well, then you're you're in luck. Because yep. he's coming in to chat with us. We're going to talk about the Patriots. Ted, what's it like to write with Seth MacFarlane? Uh, TD is on the other side of our glass as well, and I want to clear up something right here and now. Can we clear this up right now? Go ahead, TD. Uh, I know. You are on the Damashek, Dave Damashek football program. <laughs> I know that, and I want all the listeners of the Dave Damashek football program who are also kind enough to download this show. You are Dave Damashek football program's guy. Okay? We are not poaching you. We're not stealing you. I'm helping out. You are um, a member of the NFL media team. There is no I in your first name either, right? Not at all. Okay. It's just a T and a D. It's just a T and that a D, simple. right? Yep. yep. Touchdown. There is no I, but and you're about because that's what team's all about. There's no I in team. Yeah. You're filling in. Chris Law is with his family this week. Yeah. Prior to a vacation. 
and you're filling in. That's it. That's it. And everybody who comes on this show has to look alive. Everybody's involved, right? Absolutely. Just like the Dave Damashek football program. Agreed. Okay? Yeah. So, can, so can you, I mean, do you know the number of tweets I got this week from people hearing you, TD, on, on this show? Is Eisen stealing black tie? <laughs> Is Eisen poaching black tie? Did I hear black tie on the Rich Eisen podcast? Yep, yep, you told me about it. But um, like I said, I'm just helping out. You know, I'm helping out Chris okay. Law. That's, it. That's, That's it. it. That's it, right? We're a team. And when Chris returns, if you want to come back, you're welcome. I mean, you know, you're not, you're, we're all part one happy NFL media family. But the Damashek listeners, they to were call not, them rabbit is an un. So they were not. So they were not happy as well. Well, they immediately took it as an affront, hmm. which I don't understand. It's the Do Czech I, Republic. They call it the Czech Republic. I know the Czech. Oh, please, the Czech Republic. I understand. It's a very distinct nation of well, fandom. Man, what, oh, are, what are our fans called? I don't know. <laughs> what should they, should they be called anything? I mean, I don't know. The Danettes tried to call us the Eisenettes, which it sounds like something you eat at the movies. It does. It does. Uh, but Yes. I drop Eisenettes in popcorn sometimes. Right. It's a classic combination. Yeah. Unlike Gabe Feltman and Damian Tomlinson. Fun show coming up. RG3 of the Washington Redskins. Let's get to him right now. Joining me now on the Rich Eisen Podcast, there's nowhere to sugarcoat it. He is the savior in waiting in the mid-Atlantic area. The Washington Redskins have been waiting for a franchise quarterback with a pedigree, a caliber of this young man coming out of college. He is the Heisman Trophy winner, the Davy O'Brien Award winner, and the second overall pick in this year's draft, Robert Griffin III on the Rich Eisen Podcast. How are you, RG3? I'm good. How you doing? I am doing fine. Where are as we as we are mere weeks away from training camp? Opening up, where are you right now on signing on a dotted line? Um, you know, hopefully extremely close. Uh, you know, I trust the guys that are around me uh, to do the right thing and make sure I'm in <clears throat> before camp. Um, but that's why, you know, I have these guys around me because they know what they're doing. And uh, I have no worries about it. Uh, I know um, my guys in the Washington Redskins uh, organization will definitely work things out and make sure I'm in. Where are you in terms of your development ready for the uh, season? I um, mean, continuing to prepare. I mean, if anyone asked me if I was ready to play today, I'd tell them yes, uh, because uh, you know one of my coaches always said a ready man doesn't have to get ready; he stays ready. <laughs> nice. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm still preparing, uh, and I think there's a difference between being ready and, uh, and and continuing to prepare. So many observers believe you are a perfect fit for the Shanahan offense. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I mean, I, I, from my experiences in OTAs, I definitely uh, love what you can do within it. Uh, it's, it's a very multiple offense, so whatever you're looking to do, you can do. So um, when, you, when you say something like that, uh, we're definitely going to do the things that we're extremely good at and showcase the skills of not only myself, but uh, the talent that is around me with the receivers, the offensive linemen, and the, uh, the running back. How do you think it best suits you? Um, you know, just allowing guys to get the ball. Uh, in space, um, you know that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm a point. I'm the point guard of the team. I'm supposed to assist and let everybody do their job. Uh, and you know, my thing is not. I'm not trying to go out there and steal the show or run every play or, or you know, throw the the, the bomb touchdown every single play. Uh, it's about staying on the field and winning football games. Who are you talking to that's been through this before, Robert, to try and guide you through the process of becoming a franchise quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, you know, I've definitely I've talked to Peyton Manning, uh, Rich Gannon, Kurt Warner, 
uh, Jeff Blake, all these guys have, have been real helpful in uh, just how you approach the game, how you approach practice, uh, and what you need to do to make sure you avoid those uh, those rookie mistakes. Is there a common theme uh, from all those guys and what they have told you about the next level? Yeah, I mean, you got the one thing they've all said is you got to step up and uh, and be vocal. Talk to your offensive coordinator to where you know you guys are only running the plays that you feel comfortable with. And it sounds real simple, but a lot of times you can just go and coach tells you to do something, and you go out and you do it. And uh, by no, by all means, I'm willing to do what coach asked me to do. Uh, but if we can work together and figure out what we do well, what best suits our team, and what will help keep us on the field and score points, uh, then then we can definitely be a great team. Have you have have you had moments like that with Kyle Shanahan already? Yeah, we definitely have, and we'll have more of them when I get back uh, on the 16th. Um, you know, it's just about uh, being a team. You know, coaches draw up plays, but players make the plays. So uh, it's our job to make sure that we're out there making the plays that we want to make. What about the expectation level, though, Robert? I'm sure you're you're very well aware by now what the Redskins mean to that entire area. I, I, I notice I didn't say the Washington area. It's the entire Mid-Atlantic area in many ways, now, with, with obviously Baltimore being an exception. But so many people are looking towards you as being the guy to finally lead the Redskins back to prominence. How are you stealing yourself for that level of expectation? I mean, well, we've got some fans of Baltimore, too. But, um, <laughs> you do? Have you <laughs> met for, them? Uh, I've met a few fans of Baltimore. But, okay. uh, you know, for us um, and for myself, you know, I don't try to manage those expectations or, or try to say that it is pressure. Um, you know, they're hungry for success. Uh, it's our job to go out and give them something to cheer for. Uh, and by all means, we all plan on doing that. Uh, I don't think uh, the excitement of our fan base or, or just the people supporting, uh, you know, the Washington Redskins is going unnoticed. The team is definitely feeling that. And uh, it's definitely it definitely showed up uh, in OTAs with the amount of excitement and, and uh, intensity that was there. How about the level of expectation from the veterans on your team within your own posse right there, <laughs> Robert? Um, you know, all, all the vets, you know, they, they act different towards you because when you come in, they want to uh, fill you out, see how you are and, and what kind of person you are. But uh, I think the filling out process is, is, is pretty much over for now until we get to game days. And, uh, you know, I've been able to talk to guys like London Fletcher, at, you know, uh, Carriker. Uh, Santana Moss, all these guys have truly you know, bought into the process and, and definitely uh, showing me that they believe in me. Out of all the quarterbacks that you are, you know, we in the media, we always say you're going against a quarterback. Obviously, you're not on the same uh, field at the same time as these quarterbacks, but of all the NFL quarterbacks, you're going to be uh, needing to match either point for point or match the intensity against this fall. Who are you most looking forward to being on that same game day with? Oh, man. Uh, the guys in our division, of course, uh, you know, Eli, Tony Romo, Michael Vick, um, you know, all those guys have definitely uh, proven that they have something, uh, and that's uh, something of greatness. So, you know, to be on the field with those guys is, is definitely going to be an honor. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like you said, I try not to look at it that way. Uh, even if I am facing that team and that team's quarterback is that guy, I'm not facing that guy. I got those defensive linemen and linebackers trying to tear my head off uh, that I need to go out and be prepared for. You are on the phone uh, today for Gatorade National Recovery Day, which is July 11th, or was July 11th. 
and um, you're uh, going to be a presenter at the Gatorade High School Athlete of the Year Awards in Hollywood while you're out in Los Angeles. What is this all about, RG3? Yeah, you know, it's just, you know, Gatorade and the, the National Athletic Trainers Association got together and, you know, they found a date where there was actually no uh, no sports being played, so why not make it National Recovery Day um, to show the awareness to people that it's not just about letting your body recover or just laying down and taking a nap, but what you put in your body and uh, and recovering so you can have that, that fuel to go out the next day and be able to perform. Interesting. I'm taking notes on this because, as you know from the Combine, uh, Robert, I was gunning for you this year. Um, I missed by almost two seconds, but I didn't miss by two full seconds. Uh, and, and normally what I do is I take a nap before and after to prepare and recover. Are you saying I need to, I need to tweak that regimen? Yeah, you definitely need to tweak that regimen. You don't need to take a nap before you run and, and after. Now, of course, you ran extremely hard, so I can understand why you were so tired. Yes. But maybe you should throw in a little foam roll in there, get a protein shake. Okay. Uh, maybe ice a little bit afterwards, and then next year I'm pretty sure you'll be able to, to get within a second, second and a half of the fastest quarterback. Yeah, for sure. yeah, for sure. Well, some people have accused me of taking a nap during the run, though. You know? <laughs> Some people have accused me of that. I, I, I can't second that notion. From what, from what I saw, you, you gave it your all, and yes. there was no napping. So I appreciate that. Some people didn't see me at all. Was, uh, they they used the word blur, um, <laughs> but maybe that was in reference to you also. Hey, I, what were you doing at the 30 Rock taping the night that you were drafted in the NFL? We, we heard you went right down the street from Radio City to the live taping of 30 Rock at NBC. Yeah, I mean, it's not every every day you get to go see something like that and, and meet those stars. Uh, so, you know, we, we stopped by the 30 Rock set and got to sit in and watch it and, and just see how they go about doing their jobs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see that in person um, because not, not, not everybody gets a chance to see that, first of all. And then uh, you get to see them at work. Uh, and those, the, they're extremely brilliant at what they do and extremely funny. And many people were excited to meet you, too. Uh, we, we heard uh, Kim Kardashian was there, Robert. I don't know if you heard that story. Yeah, I heard the, the, the Kim Kardashian story, and uh, um, she was there. And uh, I guess that's all I can say that's about it. that. <laughs> she was there, but there's no there there. That's your line, right? There was no yeah. there there. Yeah, there, there was no there there. That's right. So people can, can calm down, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> down. Hey, Robert, good luck to you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. We look uh, forward to chatting with you in person the next time. And uh, good luck with the National Recovery Day and obviously with getting signed, sealed, and delivered to Washington. All right. Thank you. Thrilled to have on the Rich Eisen podcast right now a very funny man. And as you can tell, he is a huge New England Patriots fan as he's wearing a Belichick type hoodie straight out of the Belichick collection. This man, uh, not Belichick, uh, here has written for The Family Guy for the last eight seasons. And he is one of the co-writers with Seth MacFarlane on the hit movie Ted Alex Sulkin. Rich, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Straight out of the Belichick collection. Well, Belichick also did write for Family Guy the first three seasons. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he added a lot of the funny stuff. He was, yeah. Yeah. Was was he the inspiration for Stewie? Is that what? (laughs) That's right. Everybody says that. Yeah, and he and he had the plan to get us back on the air. You know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is the architect, right? Correct. In many ways, many ways, shapes and forms. Yes. Would he be? I guess the the one that you'd want to get 
in a movie like Ted or in a show like Family Guy to sort of get out of the shell? You know, I'd love to have him behind the scenes. I don't know if I'd want to have... It's always... It's often uncomfortable for me when athletes and coaches are in movies distracting a little bit. Why? I just feel like it's they're almost like child actors Mm -hmm. where like it's so rare that there's one who's awesome. Mm -hmm. And every once in a while you get somebody who can really nail it. Uh, But, you know, then I I think of uh, Marino and Ace Ventura, you know. Was that a, was good, uh, right? No, or not, the no, movie was, was hilarious. But then Marino, he was distracting. It's funny for a different reason. <laughs> well, it's funny that Marino was would do it, sort of the foil in a way, right? I mean, well, it was funny that he did it at all, considering right. you know Jim Carrey was really nobody True. at that point, right? Um, but yeah, I'd love to have Belichick as a producer. I bet he'd have like five suggestions after a week that would save the the movie like right. ten million. Your first fifteen jokes scripted. Your right. First, he'd be <laughs> in charge right. of the first that's fifteen right. scripted. That's right. he'd, he'd have footage of the the competition movie that's coming out that weekend. <laughs> so we can... well, as you know, piracy. Now that don't you can't get into piracy. <laughs> that, yeah, right, I mean, right. That's now you got you're done. I mean, it was a competitive law. advantage. That's the way. I, yeah, that's I a, like to look good at job. It. Yeah, yeah. As for Ted. Uh, I have seen it, like most of the United States of America oh, already, and you. I guess my only first question for you is, what is the matter with you? <laughs> yeah, a lot. What of, is my mom, wrong with my you? My mom asks that a lot these days, so, <laughs> yeah, it's really, you know, it's really, you go, at the core of it, it's what's wrong with Seth. Uh, it was fully it his idea to have a foul-mouthed, uh, you know, teddy, pot-smoking teddy bear, mm-hmm. and, um we just helped flesh out the you know the script. And so he the is jokes. sort of the 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 guru of that. Yes, deal. yes. And so what is your, so take me into the working relationship? How do you well how do you work with Seth on this, Family Guy in a movie like Ted? Well, on Family Guy, you know, it's it's sim. They're both similar processes where um, he'll come up often with the idea, and for Ted, he came up with the idea, and then uh, my writing partner Wellesley Wellesley Wild, very mm-hmm. good name. Let's get it out there. It does sound very good. Very good name. He should be on Twitter. It sounds it's not, it sounds fake. Not actually. Not very waspy. Not fake. Okay. Legit. Okay. Henry Wellesley Wilde. Oh God, he gets yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah. There's more. <laughs> is uh, it the third? Is he the fourth? Yeah, I it... think he is a number. Okay. He has a number associated and some kind of title. <laughs> Go dating way back. But he'll Seth will get Wellesley and I together and we'll work on an outline for the movie, which will take a few days to do. And then with this movie. Wellesley and I went off and wrote it together, separately together. We wrote, just divided up scenes, mm-hmm. wrote them, combined them, you know, uh, fixed it up, then gave it to Seth, and we went through it again. And, uh, you know, then we punched it up all the way, and the end result was all the dreck and drivel that you saw in the who was the Who had the idea for Flash Gordon? You know, I think that was Sir Wellesley Wilde. Okay. Uh, I felt like it was in the outline, but I think in talking to him, he'd said that he was just listening to Queen a mm-hmm. lot while he was writing his scenes and thought it would be cool to have them love Flash Gordon as we all did growing so, up. So uh, Freddie Mercury is his muse? Is that, is that <laughs> right. basically what you're saying? It seems saying? like it. I think I may have just outed him. He's got a wife and kids, but okay. that wouldn't be the first time, right? Um, yeah, no, he's apparently listening to Freddie Mercury right. and... Uh, but you know, Flash—the theme to Flash is kind of a kick butt song. Yeah, so it's not. Sure, it's not like he's listening to Buble. Right, and who's <laughs> whose idea was uh, Fenway Park involved? I think literally we were just brainstorming about you know where would be a good identifiably Boston place mm-hmm. to have the climax, and we just instantly agreed on the Light Tower uh, on the Green Monster. I mean, when you think about it. 
It was originally supposed to be the USS Constitution, mm-hmm. but then the Navy was and was like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's probably a tough. Did you have to send the Navy the script I in think advance? that was part of it. Uh, they kind of saw that it involved like a car crashing and it just didn't seem. Car crash. I mean, yeah. that's of all the things, I mean, uh, that they might take offense to. That's right. like, yeah, I know, low on the list. That's very but low on the list. But it was a car crashing into like the ship itself. Oh, uh, I, oh, really, I see. They were too excited about that. But it seemed like it was going to work for a little while and it was amazing to everyone. But then they said, no, we can't do this. Wow. I mean, you'd yeah. have to find someone in the USS Navy with a great sense of humor. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem loaded with those kinds of people. Yes. Yeah, so basically, what I've seen. the first hour and a half is like tail hook and then <laughs> yeah, right. and then your ship comes right, in right right yeah <laughs> what do you think is yeah. it a sell it could be <laughs> and the new england aspect of it yeah that's you well that's seth you. is seth also is from, from new england okay. as well so is he from boston he's yeah. not he's from uh connecticut okay uh so i think you know that's right on the border though i mean like there, there's a lot of giants fans in connecticut oh, yeah. well there's he's a ton of giants he's fans not a big sports guy no that that i know but right. I, the only reason why i point that out is connecticut in some ways you know i know it's technically new england right like that it's technically well, part but west tur- of hartford west coats. of their turncoats they're you know they're uh, they're bandwagon people they just can't they know that new york is really the big city and they want to be associated with that yeah they can't bear to you know, I just remember from my days in Bristol, my eight years living in the yeah. nutmeg state. Yeah. When you go west of Hartford, the more pinstripey things sort of get. When you get to really Darien, annoying. you get to the southwest corner. It's practically yes. a suburb of yes. New York City. Right. Greenwich, right? Westport. We should really, That's not Boston. That's not Boston. There should there. be a five state movement for New England. Let's get them out. That's really Let's get them out. Just cut, them out. cut out the cancer. Get rid of it. I don't like <laughs> Yankees fans. I don't I bet like not. You know, I like Giants fans more than Yankee fans. Even though they what they've done to you and Well, the... we can get to that. But I right. feel like they come by it honestly. They've gone through a lot of suffering. I feel like there's an identifiable Giants fans before this little era that you know, they go through funks of being like lovable losers. You know, right. they had the Parcells era, but I feel like then there's they, the Ray Hanley I know, right, era, administration. Right. Yes. Yeah, they've gone through a lot of bad times there as well. A lot of booing. You know, they're angry. Yes. Whereas Yankee fans are just smug, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and rightfully so. So then you must have loved Robinson Cano being booed for his well, entire home run journey know, well, at that bat was, by the was, people of Kansas City. Uh, and and he didn't hit a home run. He went and his dad was pitching to him. That's pretty harsh, right? I know. It's, did, it's you, did, you, did that make you feel sorry for a New York Yankee? You know, did that actually happen to he, a diehard I, I felt guy? sorry for Mariano Rivera when he hurt himself. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not he, heartless. Right. Because, and also, he's earned my respect. Okay. And Cano's a great player. Um, but he has, you know, he's not on the Yankee Mount Rushmore, like... Rivera. Is. Oh, of course. And well, not uh, yet. Not yet. I mean, he might be when it's all said and done. I objected to something during the game last night. I don't know if you said it. No. Where? Well, first of all, I mean, I don't know what we can say about Tim McCarver. I won't say anything. You could go ahead. No, you could say whatever. I, you, you know, I'd, uh, you're not a fan. I I can't stand him. Can't stand him. Um, and he's they got into something. Cano leading the league in smiles, like, and they showed like his smile. <laughs> Did they really? Yeah. Was and it a smile package? Because I didn't, I didn't see the first half of the game. It was just kind of like a, a, a freeze montage? frame, a freeze frame of oh, like no. a very toothy grin. And 
I'm upset for two reasons. First of all, it's dumb to even talk about. Mm -hmm. And secondly, Ortiz leads the league in smiles. Big big poppy. Much bigger smiler. So once again, we're getting beaten by the Yankees in a meaningless... (laughs) In the smile. I can't be beat by them. With Tim McCarver, the judge and arbiter. Oh, my God. Sort of like Goodell. He also, he's the same, he's the appeal guy, too. Like, you're appealing to the same guy who's judging. Right, exactly. And McCarver and Buck, I don't think, uh, like the Red Sox. That's by the way. I can just tell you that I don't know McCarver. I know Buck. He doesn't care. Well, his honestly, dad was a Cardinal care. guy, right? Well, and yeah, so I mean, then they played the Cardinals in that first World Series. The way he called that World Series was like, "There's another home run by the Red Sox." I'm telling you this. Take my word for it. He doesn't care. All right. Well, he you, honestly doesn't. You have the inside stuff. I'm, he honestly doesn't. Okay. And I, I, I think he calls doesn't it. care about baseball. Well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I could be construed that way. Maybe so. Who's your favorite uh, NFL announcer? If you could pick someone to call a game, oh. who'd you? Who'd you? Well, you know, I, I may get a lot of flack for this, but I do love Gus Johnson. I mean, he, well, you know, please, he's, sure. He, he and uh, he's like the C team on CBS. He, well, now he's him, the A team for Fox College. He was on CBS, and they got him years. off. Yes, he's the he's calling all the Fox College games. Oh my now. god! I mean, because I grew up with like Don Crickey, you know, and I mean, oh, he's yeah. got a great voice, but he's not. He doesn't add too much excitement to the game. Because this is because. Cricky would call, he would be called the C and D games for NBC. And that was the Pats. That was the Pats. Back then, Pats. Yeah. Oh, totally. That was the Tony Eason or the Grogan oh. or, you know, like, yeah. is that basically yeah. Yeah. why you grew up My on My friend Cricky? and I just call it Eason post-Grogan. That's the the era <laughs> when we, I, I mean, I just got the sad roll, roll neck Grogan. You know, who his neck was so injured. Yeah. And then everybody was trying to get Eason, you know, in there. And they loved, he was the golden boy and he was terrible. And who was your guy growing up for the Patriots? Who was your guy? Well, I mean, I loved Hog Hanna mm-hmm. and Stanley Morgan. Yes. Uh, and Grogan, I only loved as like an echo because everybody was kind of like, he was great. And I knew our quarterback, Eason, was awful. So right. I liked him reflexively. I, I was into Bledsoe. You know, I mean, he had a cannon for an arm. He, eventually, you know, the whole Brady thing, I was instantly on board with Brady. Instantly. How, how could you not be? Right. Um, so the minute Bledsoe went down in that uh, post-9-11 uh, lung-shearing Mo Lewis hit. Yes. Uh, thank you, Mo Lewis, by the way. A, a jet really altering the course started of Started the whole thing. Yes, and uh, then the tuck rule taking it to another unbelievable level. Loved it. Loved it. But, you know, <laughs> I, you I was instantly on board with Brady. Uh, but growing up, it was Stanley Morgan, Hog Hanna. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was Slim Pickens. Russ Francis was sort of like, right. you know. The, right. I know. And the then all of a sudden Parcells comes in. He and came that's, in. That's sort of, that was the beginning. That There's was no the beginning. That. that was the beginning of, of a new mindset of like, we're really going to try to win mm-hmm. here. So, and and Belichick is a Parcells guy. So mm-hmm. you trace it back to him. And then the Kraft family. Kraft. Coming Kraft in. people the whole, the whole, the whole organization changed and he's a hero overnight. he's a hero to the to the uh to the whole area to the five states in, of new england the five states <laughs> five states <laughs> you movement. have just kicked connecticut out of the new Get england gone Union. gone what do you think of uh the patriots over the last five years they have won they've crushed the regular season mm-hmm. this year was uh a postseason where they won some games for the first time in a long time yep in the postseason yeah what do you make of the post Super Bowl run Patriots, Alec? Well, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this, obviously. I'm I'm clearly annoyed. I feel like we've left a few Super Bowls on the table. I'm not even counting 
the 2007 Super Bowl. I think that was the, maybe the greatest team in NFL history. But in that game, the Giants punched us in the mouth and beat us. Like the way that we beat the Rams, you know, the first time. Everyone was, the Rams were no doubt going to win that game. Mm-hmm. And we, we beat them. And that's what happened to us in 2007. Now, I believe it was the year before when we were up 18 in Indy on the road yep. in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Bears were waiting in the Super Bowl. Who, I it think was, five the, AFC teams could have beaten you them. You were watching year. the Super Bowl in the AFC Championship. So game to let year. that one slip away, literally, um, was tough. And this past year... The whole season, I had a feeling like the team is not as good as their record. You know, well, obviously our defense had many holes in mm-hmm. it. But then when we got to the Super Bowl and coming down to the end there, that was a game I felt like we had and let go. You right. know, we and then they made great, the Giants made great plays on that last drive, that catch, another amazing catch. And uh, Manning was you know, a winner and uh, they got it done. But I felt like we could have literally taken a knee and run out the clock on that Super Bowl. Well, th- th- it's that one pass play mm-hmm. that will live for a very long time, Yeah, not only uh, in the annals of the Super Bowl, but also in the Giselle, Brady, Welker triangle. Yes. Um, that <laughs> it's a good-looking triangle, let's a, be honest. Uh, very. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's just a platonic triangle. That, right, like, right. Just throw that out there. Yeah, right let's not. We're not just that a storyline kind of type triangle. Yes. Yes. Brought together by some lout of a giant fan uh, that had too many in him yeah. that for some reason he chose to heckle a supermodel. What is up with that? I know. Classless. Classless. Would you ever heckle a supermodel? I don't think I there's no way you could. And I'm asking a man whose whose like, movie whose movie just crossed every every line. Fast, every feasible line. It's like heckling the sun. It's like standing outside and screaming out, you know, hey, life giver, stop with all the, you know, delicious rays. It's not, it's, it's not right. Yeah. And it's disrespectful. And it's, it's to somebody who is, it's almost like, it is, it's going after the wives. I mean, just because she's a celebrity, you, you can't do that. Yeah, she's an international Believe celebrity. Her. And I love the way she went back at the guy. Too. Yeah. Even though it did throw Welker under the bus a wee little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but that but one, I was in the same camp. Right? Yeah. Oh, you were in the same camp, which is if people were catching the ball, Brady would have yes. won the Super Bowl. Right. And now, and and I've talked, we've talked about this briefly. Yes. And uh, just from the way that football is televised, it appeared to me on that infamous pass yes. now, I having watched Brady throw a thousand passes more, uh, you can tell his body language when somebody's open, you know, uh, when somebody's not open, he sits in the pocket and you're saying, throw, throw, throw. When somebody's open, he goes back in stride and will throw. And when somebody's really open in a big situation, there's an extra something in his body that you can just tell. And in that moment, towards the end of the Super Bowl. He goes back to pass. I say, somebody is wide open. You can just tell by the way he's throwing No it. kidding. That's what you thought? Oh, right away. You've dissected Brady's oh, throwing just, motion. He, and... The way he even sort of cocked his head back an extra little bit. And I'm like, somebody is just alone. He has a tell? He has, totally has a tell. And it's a fine tell because if somebody's wide open, who cares if there's a tell? Right. But he, he got it's like his body language gets excited. Um, so I got excited. And then when, you know, the ball is sort of, flickered off his fingers Mm -hmm. i was blaming welker now i've since learned that as we've talked about that welker settled into his own to make possession kill the clock that's all brady was leading him like touchdown 
So they weren't on the same page for like the first time all season and of all times. Uh, I mean, yeah, because Welker is by nature a chain mover. <sighs> yes, right. Oh, absolutely. And Brady was thinking six. I think that's exactly what oh, happened. Wow. And Brady and Brady thought Welker's going to go for six. Yep. Because we get six, this thing is over. And Welker's thinking, oh, I'm going to sit right here, and Brady's going to find me because I sit down and catch this thing, and this thing is over. <sighs> Either way, it's over. It still makes me sick. I'm sorry to bring it um, up, but. To the to the original question, obviously I'm upset that I feel like we've left a couple on the table. You don't get those chances very often, you know, to make it to the Super Bowl, to make a deep run in the playoffs. But when you think about what football is about for most people, uh, obviously you want to win the Super Bowl. Everybody does. But it's mostly a Sunday to Sunday experience with fans. You know, you go week to week. And you hope your team is going to win that week and you'll have a good Sunday and Monday and, you know, Tuesday and you'll get to watch NFL Network and SportsCenter to your heart's content because you don't, you know, you don't have to turn it off angrily. So in terms of that, (laughs) the Patriots have given me a decade of happiness. I mean, their record over the past decade, I'm sure, is probably the best in football, you know. Uh, I'm sure somebody can check that. Well, the Colts did have the best regular season record. Right. Of the two thousands. Okay. But but we now we're now one got, season in. You're now you're yeah, we're two I actually. Bet we, I bet yeah, we caught them. Right. You well, there's no question I know, that you have that term, And in terms of rings, you can't beat that. And Brady I mean it's long and, and the, the the cool thing is this, as long as Brady's still under center yep. and Belichick is wearing that hoodie. You and Kraft is in and Kraft is the one pulling all the strings and handing out the money. Yep. I mean, you can't beat it. You can't beat that yep. combination, I guess, of all three aspects of the game. Because in this, in this game, you need to have somebody who has a plan and you stick to it. Yep, I think so. Now there, yes. now there are many other teams that feel that they can go free agency and catch as catch can and put something together, catch lightning in a bottle, right. and, and win now when the window is there, et cetera, et cetera. To me, the teams that know their philosophy, know what's what know who coming out of the collegiate level fits here best. Yes. That is it. And is and you do have to have that franchise guy under center. Totally. Period and and by the way, the Giants are that now too. Yes. They are. There's I mean, no doubt. you know, as much they turmoil are. as they go through in the they regular are. season and even as you know, even in their first Super Bowl season, right. Coughlin was going to be fired in the middle of the season, you know, or it's this is it. But now they his philosophy is proven out, you know, you, he has the respect of the team. Yeah. They know they're a tough team. They know their identity in the playoffs. They yep. know if we just get there, we can win this thing, and we should win it. Steelers are like that, too. Yep. Packers are like that, too. Yep. The Ravens w- know they should be like that. The question, is Flacco the piece? Because, you know, Ozzie Newsome, the one, he knows his system, and uh, the owner is awesome. Yep. The owner, Steve Bishotti, knows exactly Harbaugh's how to do it. Harbaugh's Harbaugh's right. I think that... They got that in They're place. Close. Is Flacco the guy? Yeah. I, I think that's I, one team. That I, I hope not. Because I love turmoil in that team because they're jerks. What's up with that? <laughs> I don't like them. From? They disrespect the Pats. You know, they're they're the Pats along oh, the way. Oh, you don't like what T. Sizzle says about Brady. You don't like that. Well, but T. Sizzle, I don't like what he said about his injury. What do you mean? I mean, are you who are we talking about? T. Sizzle? Suggs. Suggs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't didn't he say that it was football related? And then oh, twenty people well, said it was during well, the basketball yeah, that's game. That's still that's still be, to be determined. Yeah, I think we've determined that. <laughs> I think you CSI that the thing? Superman jury is saying okay. guilty all around the room right, right. now. But I, I don't. They just uh, you know it's what the Chargers used to do to the Pats and teams that the Pats would beat narrowly. Um, always said, well, the better team didn't win. You know, we you know the better team didn't win today. And as far as I'm concerned. You could have said that in the 2007 Super Bowl. The better team 
didn't win, maybe. Right. But the team that won deserves it. You just have to win, you know? And I'm sick of Baltimore making all these excuses and... Yeah, the stuff you said about Brady. Well, was... you 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 got the last laugh in the AFC Championship I know, game. I, know. I mean, the heartbreaking loss for the Ravens. A very merry kickmas. Nice. <laughs> See, you're the writer. <laughs> That's right. You're the writer. Um, the success of Ted is. Are you surprised by it? Well, I think we were all surprised by how well it did in the first weekend. Broke, you know? broke the hangovers yeah, record for I mean, R-rated comedies. We didn't expect that. I mean, I think that we knew the timing of it was right. People seemed excited by it. We were starting to see some good reviews of it. And uh, it all came together at the right time. And Universal, they're the, you know, the production company there. They moved it up the release date two weeks right towards the end. It was going to be... Right about now. Yeah, right about now. Uh-huh. And uh, they moved it up. And it was a really smart move. It was a great move. And I think it allowed the movie to really have that July 4th week to right. just kind of make a lot of money what's your favorite part in it well i think you know i have a lot of little favorite things i love the sports references that are the few that are in there there's a brady uh, reference there's a brady that was you right that's yeah, you right okay and uh the kareem thing i think summed up it was ted's finishing a beer bottle mm-hmm. and he's out by the dumpster and he does yes. a hook shot. he says kareem and right. misses and he goes ah you suck kareem right and that's a boston fan in a nutshell it's <laughs> like we'll invoke his name to like try and make something right. and then throw him under the bus when we ourselves like can't it. do it yeah. excellent and uh, yeah obviously i hated kareem growing up but i have a respect for him now. <laughs> <laughs> i love your 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 sports fandom you smashed are... a remote against uh my friend's wall at his house mm. w- watching the magic baby hook shot oh uh, yeah that was i was with brutal. my uh my uncle at the time i remember exactly where i was i was driving he was driving me home and it was right then because he's a new yorker he's from brooklyn and he was a, he was a huge celtic fan oh good he was a huge celtic yeah. fan that's true a lot of new yorkers but were... it was also a very young age where i do believe I, I, I've never really asked him this. Uh, I do believe it was the first time I, I realized that people gamble on sports too. Right. <laughs> I did. I, I think it was. I, I he was do believe, so angry. Yes. The level of anger was like yes. not an adult. Yes. Thing. In retrospect. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But, but it was a throw your remote against the wall oh, in my. a friend's house, like ruin yeah. somebody else's Else, yeah, personal it was property. That level. I, I understand that. But at the time, in retrospect, I do believe there could have been something a little extra going on. I yes. Do oh, I, I think you're probably right. There might have been one. And again, growing up in Boston, you had nothing to cheer for except for the Celtics mm. in that era. So in that respect too, also what the Patriots have become. Do you ever sit back and now, because you're sitting here, we've left Super Bowls on the table. The yeah. fact that there was even a table with a Super Bowl on it. Unbelievable. Right? It's unbelievable. And I give the Patriots all of the credit for the, or some of the credit for the Red Sox World Series. Because I feel like once the Patriots won, it put such an extra amount of pressure on the Red Sox. Everyone was going Patriots crazy. Tom Brady was God. Belichick was, you know, higher than God. Mm -hmm. And everyone was saying Patriots, 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 and same old Red Sox, you know? And it really put the pressure on them to, we got to buy a team. We got to spend with the Yankees. We got to, you know, we got to get this done. And then it happened. Mm -hmm. So I really feel like the Pats had a hand in that. And your your Twitter following is rabid, to say the least, at yeah. the sulk. How many followers do you have now? It's a, right around like 400,000. Wow. It's a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know of too many writers who have that sort of 
following. Well, there were it was sort of a lucky confluence of events. I got in there early, and then right. I had this, a few celebrity followers who Start retweet right. retweeted me, uh-huh. and you know how that goes. And and the, <laughs> the, literally one of the first things I said was when I reached a uh, hundred thousand or a little more, yeah. I said like, if I can picture a full big house. Mm-hmm. Of people, right. you know, that are all, that's when you put it in perspective. It's well, like, you're talking Michigan football I know, now. I know I am. You know, and you realize. And there's the new big house now, more, a bigger house. is a bigger big house, yeah. yes. And you do realize that the moment, one of, we've already discussed it here, the tuck rule moment. Mm-hmm. The two, you could make a case, greatest football players in the history of Michigan football converging with Charles Woodson. Oh, yeah. Hitting Tom Brady. Well, I know one of them. In that moment. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yep. you can absolutely make a case. I mean, there's been great guys who have come through Michigan football. You yep. can absolutely make the case Charles Woodson is is top five for sure. And did Romanowski fall on it? I don't remember who fell on it. But all I remember is seeing Woodson hit Brady. And I'm try- I am trying to. I know it might be repetitive for those who are regular listeners of this podcast. I am <coughs> desperately trying to get the tuck rule out of the NFL. I think it is it's in a it's a waste, it's an abomination, it's confusing to fans, it right. makes no sense. None at all. I'm choking. No, no you're choking up <coughs> on this sort of thing. I, I know the, the some, tuck rule had I, uh, I wish we had some water such for such resonance for me. Did it really? Remembering that I know you're getting that that time, but yeah. I they, I mean they got to get rid of that thing. I mean it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It's like You it, even admit that it's stupid. It right? is. It is. I mean, it, you know, it takes a lot of luck to Right, get a Super Bowl and to win, and right, that was a huge stroke of luck. I right. mean, we were dead. You know, it was like game no, over, game over, dead, game over, dead. Raiders are going totally. To, Raiders are going. And it was on. like that was a nice little run by this quarterback who doesn't throw too many touchdowns. Like, hopefully, Bledsoe will be healthy again next year. That moment it, is yeah. that what was going through your head as as they were reviewing the? Yeah, I'm like, it's over. And, you know, right. it's not, we couldn't get it done. Bledsoe would have thrown the ball harder through the snow, you know, whatever. Oh, you were second guessing. Uh, of course. That's all. I that's love, all. You are such a fan. Dude. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on and off the bandwagon as fast as I need to be. Yeah. This, I'm this way in relationships, too. Just like in and out. Like today, it's not going great. I think this could be over. Oh, man. Listen, it's been fun having this conversation with you. What What is your, uh, as we wrap up, uh, are you Family Guy now? Are you writing now? I'm for... at Family Guy. Yes, I'm. I'm supposed to be there as we speak. Oh, and, nice. I, and I said, and I, ha- so... I have an appointment. In Good Culver for you. City. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, you're you're starting right now the process of another season. Yes, we're starting. Uh, yes, just this week we started. And is there a discussion for a TED two? Are we are we there yet? Yeah, I mean. It seems like there have already been rumblings about it, and uh, it, it hasn't been an official discussion, but I, I imagine that will be right around the corner. Would you want to bite that apple? Would you want to take a shot? Of course. Of that's the big payday. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and I guarantee it'll be half as good, and we'll make twice as much. So <laughs> that's uh, At least you're putting it out there. Uh, you know, uh, I think that that's the way we're... Well, I got to tell you this. When my wife and I um, saw it, and we were at a multiplex, we saw it at a multiplex right. theater, and I... Show the ticket to the guys taking the tickets who's looking to see where to send us, right? right? Which one of the billion theaters to send us. He looks down and he just goes, Ted, hmm, next two hours, shake your head and laugh the whole time. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And to me, I thought like that's what you would, that's what you were It's exactly what you want to hear. Totally. Shake your head and laugh for the next two hours. I love it. I love it. That's exactly you know? what I want to hear. And then you just, just so many things. I mean, and then looking at Mila Kunis for two hours doesn't Not hurt bad. either. Not bad. Why well, she she had that dress for yeah. their anniversary dinner. That was good. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware, uh, Jim Morris Sr. 
don't know if I told you this or not. Okay. Did I tell you this? Jim Morris Sr. has been on this podcast. He's right. our uh, playoffs. He's our, yes, he is our um, official movie reviewer of the podcast. Oh, wow. Because he sees everything. There's no question he has seen Ted, and he's maybe even seen it twice. And I wow. kid you not. Are you going to get him in here to talk about uh, well, it? Well, I want to get him in. I want to get him in here because his, his crush is Mila Kunis. Oh. I mean, and has even told me that if somehow, some way this podcast was ever able to book her and he's sitting on his couch and sees her here. He'd drive in. He would, well, he would drive in to hit me and take me down. Like, I have to let him know that she's. Right. Well, She's coming here. All right. I'm trying. I'm trying. No, I'm not. If you, if you can help make that. uh, What the shit as they say or whatever. If you could make that sort of sit down for these two. Wow. That would be well. I'll great. try and exert some kind of influence to see if that's a possibility. I don't know. I, who knows if it is or not? Yeah. But we we tried. By the way, we tried. We came very close for the promotion of Ted. Oh, really? Yeah, we came so close. Oh, wow. We came close. We came close to like this date. How about that date? And then oh, it just so could... you don't need me. No, 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 You're I, no, no, no. We definitely, we definitely did need to push All across right. the goal line. All right. You know, okay. and I know some of the producers of that of Ted. I was in. Uh, we were we were going for it. Wow. We put it all out there. There's no reason not to. Not. Yeah. No way. I mean, you you'd have a great conversation with her. I would love it. And you know, she's she's one of us. She is a five tool player. She, she is say, in the business. She is. You know, she is a yeah. member. She mm-hmm. is a member. I know that. Yes. Please believe me. I know. But yeah. you know, as you know, you've met my wife. She's a lovely lady. My, yes, and she from, is. And from the New England area, so she. Right. I mean, you Ted spoke to every fiber. Yeah of my wife Susie's being my mom just to wrap up with Mila sure. Kunis my mom had a call on the phone the other day said you know this is about my mm-hmm. love life you know I had an idea what about Mila <laughs> you know like that had never occurred to anyone oh okay sure <laughs> like but you know what you know what mom I'm gonna write that down right. Mila Kunis okay it, it sounds like a fantasy football trade right you, know, right. you should get yeah you should get Tom Brady He'd be good and trade for Gronkowski yeah. while you're at it exactly yeah, so yeah, I know yeah, she's on board. Too. But you're you're a five tool player in yourself. <clears throat> oh, Alec, you know I movies, think, TV, Twitter. That's three. Let's keep it three. at three. Okay. Yeah. Podcast. Podcast. No, no. Here we go. No, no. Here we go. <laughs> Needs to work on his personal life extremely. That's where, <laughs> that's the fifth. That's tool. my that's my Patriot secondary. Gets your fifth. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, your 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 personal life is your Patriot secondary Absolutely. of your life. Oh, I'm giving up so much yardage. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> Good to see you, Alec. You too, Rich. You should see Ted if you already haven't. Family Guy, obviously, uh, another season coming up. Go find that. And also follow Alec at uh, The Sulk. Thank you. On Twitter. Thanks yes. for coming on, man. My pleasure. Thanks Please, for having you me. you got to come back in during the season so you can get I'd some real-time Patriot I thought, would. some real-time jet hatred. I have it. You know, I'm sure you do. I have it. You have it. And in- to spare. I, I have jet jet laughter, mostly, but it's, it's laughter <laughs> lined with hatred. <laughs> when, when, when the Jets did that whole Tebow thing, I did have a vision of Belichick lighting a cigar, hands <laughs> over his head, like, like, like Red Auerbach, in a way. Well, we're going to talk about this, too, because I love Tebow. And I was what do you doing, mean? I, I want I wanted him on the Pats. I think he's a winner. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, be on the Patriots. Well, man. He, he, there would be no QB controversy. That's true. Um, what would he and, be like a special teams running back? What would he be? Whatever that he wanted to be, I think they would. They, don't you think Belichick would find a way to use uh, him? He's the king of of finding a role for somebody. That's right. Interesting. <sighs> Alec, thanks for coming. Thanks on. again, Rick. Alec Sulkin, everybody. The man. Uh, the man has a screw loose. I'm not going to lie. Um, he's got a screw loose. I don't know if he. I don't know if that's an uh, accurate representation of all of us from New England. 
Rich. <laughs> Come on, you know Ted. You know Ted, dude. You know you. You know I mean, people like, like I you know people f- like straight Mark, out right, of Ted. Right, right. You know people. Sure, I could have been in that movie probably, but yeah. I do like that uh, all of these big Boston movies that they it's like mandatory that they have to have a scene at Fenway. Yeah, sort of like the uh, the, what town, the town. The town. Their closing scene was at Fenway, and Ted's closing scene was at Fenway. I do like getting the, uh, what the is, grand old ballpark. Involved. In all seriousness, what is more quintessential Boston than Fenway Park? Right there. I mean, I mean, you could take. Uh, you could go to Lexington and Concord, right? Yeah, you could go down to Harvard. Harvard. So it's nothing. Nothing beats Fenway Park, please. Nothing. Jewel. Nothing beats. Fenway. A jewel, and this is from a Yankee fan. This is from a Yankee fan. And uh, you also tweeted me this week because on The Great Escape last week, there were two guys <laughs> straight out of central casting. <laughs> from they, They're from South Boston. We can't. We can't they were laugh out loud we, hilarious. We can't actually accents. say what I tweet, what I texted no, you. No, you can't. But, you uh, can't because it's like it's, it, what you <laughs> texted I, I te- me was I, out of Ted. Right. I texted it to you. <laughs> I, so I can't, I can't actually repeat that. But I did enjoy those guys. Oh, man. And, uh, can, and we, can we talk about they that led the league. They led the league in bleeps. They led the, uh, oh, the so gosh. far, they were the, 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 the team on the great escape that uh, the folks at Turner felt the need to bleep it was, more than anybody it was else. It was awesome. This episode was awesome at the mental institution. My, right? my favorite so far. Yeah. It, 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 our first two, I think everybody was just feeling was it out. Feeling it out. Right. And then this one, this we, one we took a major step. For, yeah. Yeah. I felt like, and I really, you tell me, if, you would tell me if it wasn't. For sure. Okay. It felt like, for real, like I was watching an episode of 24 with the music. And, oh, the, yeah. and the boxes all over the place, but you're watching stuff happen in real time. Yeah, it was good. I, I felt it. that way. The, uh, uh, that poor blue team. <laughs> yeah. They just couldn't get out of that room. They Boy, couldn't get out of the room. And, and I've got to tell you something. Was that, was that that hard? Yeah. Um, the, the images went fast enough. The images on the wall, in case those of you haven't seen it, you can... Um, I think it's on demand now. You can finally get it on demand. Those are online, right? It's TNT and, drama. And now, yeah, the TNT drama. I think, yeah, right, yeah, tntdrama.com. And um, at any rate, yeah, the images that they were seeing on the wall were going so fast. Station, they had to match. This was stage three. three stage right. three. And they had to match an image to a shape and a color. Mm-hmm. And they had to then remember that after seeing it on the screen. And they had the wires. And, and then had to go run to a box with the corresponding shape on the left side right. and the color on the right side and had to match it up with, with a wire right. that they got in the previous stage. And once they matched up all ten shapes to all ten colors with the proper wire connections, it opened a door. How that long they had did to that go take through. for For, for one for... team, for the red team, yeah. it took them ten minutes. That's it. Wow. It was really fast. I mean, I feel like that could take 45 minutes. The other so. one, it did. The, the guys from Boston, it took a while. And I tweeted this out, and somebody didn't like it either, saying watching these two guys struggle at a mental challenge is like watching Larry Bird take the SATs. And I think a Celtic fan really got upset with me. Like, I mean, he's smarter than you. I mean, he's, I take offense to you that. You know, he's smarter than you. He runs a team. Uh, but the blue team, uh, that's what, that we shot that episode the week before the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Talk about being back in, in March. This yeah. week, well, it was April. Back in uh, the NFL draft, the week before, I was there. And um, I remember if, if, if they did not end the game, the blue team would still be in that room. There's no doubt. They had no chance. They had no idea what they were doing. So they doing. were in there well over an hour, right? Well over an hour. Absolutely. Like two oh, hours? Yeah. They I almost mean- broke up as a couple. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Folks, you, I, you have to see it. This week, it's at a... Um, a missile, a missile silo in Arizona, oh, Arizona yeah, right? Yeah, Arizona. A missile silo. I've never wow. seen any place like this, dude. 
and they have to. They well, have that to, was that was one of the to, first places you started texting Law and I, and I started pictures. sharing you pictures. Yeah, right. At any rate, uh, Sunday nights on uh, on TNT. What else do we got next week? Right. Next week is a action pack. It is all over the place. Yeah, Warren Moon, Matthew Hasselbeck, and Brian Anger, the punter, drafted third uh, round by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Your boy, a legend and. A very handsome man. And TD, we're going to need you next week too. I'll be here, ready to go. Can and again, you hey, are just. I'll be. I'm back on a Damashek podcast either this week or next week. I'm just helping out. No, are you not on Damash? You're still doing Damashek, right? This week. Yeah. I mean, you are not. Not this week. Probably not this because week. you're doing this. No, no, it's just okay. schedule wise. But okay. I'll be back on there next week for sure. Okay. Good. Don't, don't be worried. No, I, I just don't want. <laughs> I just don't want. You know, it's sort of like the bus goes down the street. Mm-hmm. And you either get splashed with mud or you don't. I don't want to get splashed with mud. Not you know what I mean? Like it's just like it hits a, the bus, goes down the street, hits a puddle, and boosh! Out comes you know everybody saying that uh, I'm I'm poaching Damashek's guy, and we we don't want to do that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We wouldn't. No, do that. we're not. We wouldn't do that. If you show up on Damashek's show, though, Claw's been on Damashek's show. Who is Chris Law? Chris Law. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, wow. I didn't either. Oh, I didn't, I didn't uh, mean to do that. Somebody's wally pipped. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, TD. TD, welcome to the program. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, TD. I appreciate it. We will see you next week on the Rich Eisen Podcast. Stay listening, friends. <laughs>